Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Last week, we jumped into and called the message, No More Curse. Say, No More Curse. Come on, if you're watching online, put it in the chat. Let's say it again. Say, No More Curse. And so I'll do you a brief review with that so we can go to where we're going today. Galatians chapter 3, looking at verse 8. And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham. Now, we know the gospel means what? Good news. But God is about to define that good news. And could you just imagine in your mind, what does it look like for God the Father to preach? And it says, God the Father preached this to Abraham. What did he say? In you, all the nations shall be blessed. Now, when we think of nations today, we think of the United States, we think about Canada and Mexico and Brazil and the United Kingdom and France and Spain. That's how we identify as nations today. But when God originally said this to Abraham in Genesis 12 and beyond, when he studied out Genesis 10 and 11, he's not talking about nations like we know them today. What you'll see in chapter 10 and chapter 11, chapter 12 of Genesis is the table of nations. And at that time, there were 70. Say 70. Now, what are those 70? Those 70 nations or those table of nations were 70 families that were all descended from Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And so when God is saying nations, he's saying in this context, 70 families. And those 70 families represent every single ethnicity on this planet. And so what is God saying? The gospel is the good news is God's will that no matter how dark you are, how light you are, what national origin country you come from, no matter what continent you are on, it is the will of God for you to be blessed. That is the gospel. God's will is for you to be blessed. Say it is God's will for me to be blessed. Think about it this way. What are the first words mankind ever heard? Think about it, Genesis 1. It says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So the first words weren't be fruitful and multiply. because It says, and God blessed them and said to them. So the first words mankind ever heard were, be blessed. And God is the most intentional being ever. What God spoke was his perfect will for all mankind forever. And so he's reiterating to Abraham, now calling it the gospel. It is God's will that all mankind be blessed. So that means me. Come on, say, say, that means me. Come on, say, that means me. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Anybody of faith this morning? For as many are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law on the side of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. So faith is more than a moment. Faith is more than a movement. Faith is a lifestyle, and it is the lifestyle that pleases God. Those who live by the law will be under the curse. And the law is not just the Ten Commandments, because a lot of us have trouble keeping all ten. The law was 613 law commandments and ordinances. 
not 10, 613. And it says, if you don't keep all 613, you can be cursed. So you can live by the law if you want to. But if you live by the law, you're going to run into the curse. But to those who are of faith, anybody want to be of faith today? They are blessed with believing Abraham. So now it is your choice whether you live in the curse or not. Because it goes on and says, Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant. Say covenant. Everything you heard Pastor Kurt describe in communion is talking about covenant. It says, yet it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed, say seed, were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And into your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant. Say covenant. That was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise, a promise, of no effect. So this whole thing is about covenant. So let's get back to verse 13. Well, verse 12, because it says, Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Redeemed is to rescue. It means to deliver from the power of. You've been redeemed from the curse. Say, I have been redeemed from the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Have he become a curse for us? For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. This curse we defined last week as the empowerment to fail. A supernatural power that inflicts harm, injury, punishment, and evil. To be cursed means to be given up to barrenness. The curse is defined as the empowerment to fail. It's a supernatural power that inflicts harm, injury, punishment, and evil. To be cursed means to be given up to barrenness. We have been redeemed from it. Now, the curse of the law, which is talking about here, is summarized in Deuteronomy 28. It's over 40 verses. Now, we could take time today and read 40 to 60 verses on the curse, but I'd like to summarize it for you. You guys okay with the summary? Here's the curse of the law summarized. It is poverty. Say, I'm redeemed from that. It's sickness. Say, I'm redeemed from that. It's mental illness. Say, I'm redeemed from that. It's constant defeat. Say, I'm redeemed from that. It's family drama. Say, I'm redeemed from that. It's diminished returns and productivity. Say, I'm redeemed from that. Last one, it's premature death. Say, I'm redeemed from that. That is the curse of the law. Poverty, sickness, mental illness, constant defeat, family drama, diminished returns and productivity, premature death. Jesus became a curse to redeem you from the curse. But he didn't just rescue you from the curse and leave you there. Verse 14 tells you what was next for you. So that the blessing of Abraham 
might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He redeemed you from the curse and set you up to receive the blessing. Now notice the emphasis once again. Gentiles. What were Gentiles? These are nations that aren't the seed of Abraham. Once again, by this few words, it's declaring that it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your national origin. If you are in Christ, you are blessed just like Abraham. Let's get down a little bit because I read this already. Let's skip down to verse 22. But the scripture has confined all understand that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we are kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which should afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 28 is not talking about identity. When you look at verse 28, it's talking about class status. Remember when it was written. This is written almost 2,000 years ago. It's talking about class status. So for whatever class status that might have come with you being Jew, Greek, or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, the class status, or say this way, the class limitation, is washed away in Jesus. So whatever class someone would try to limit you to because of your color, because of your age, because of your gender, because of your background, because of your national origin. Whatever class they try to limit you to has been washed away in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, you have no class limitation. It's been done away with. Verse 29. And if you are Christ, anybody belong to Christ in here? Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I like to say it this way. I'm as much the seed of Abraham as Isaac is. I am as much the seed of Abraham as Isaac is, and so are you. So, well, why does that matter? Go with me to Genesis 24. Let's look at this. Let's see why that's important. Genesis 24, verse 1, we're going to look at Abraham to kind of establish something as we go forward. Genesis chapter 24, verse 1. And Abraham was old and well-stricken in age. Now, how does the Bible define old and well-stricken in age here? Abraham's almost 175. That's old. None of you old in here then. Abraham died at 175. Genesis 24 is talking about the last... 25 years or so of his life. And none of you in here are old or close to being old. Start saying, oh, I can't do it. I'm old. You ain't Abraham old. <laughs> he was old and well stricken in age. 
And notice what said, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in spiritual things. It didn't say spiritual things. Religious things. All things. That means if it pertains to you, it can be blessed. Say, if it pertains to me, it can be blessed. God just doesn't want to bless the religious things. He wants to bless everything. Say, God wants to bless everything in my life. So that's what happened to Abraham. Let's go to the next chapter, Genesis 25, verse 11. I want you to pay attention to this. Genesis 25, verse 11. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. Now notice this. People just read it, it's like, okay, Abraham died, Isaac is blessed, let's move on. Whoa, whoa, What did Isaac do to be blessed? What is the scripture? What did Isaac do to be blessed? Nothing. Abraham died, Isaac got blessed. Go to the next chapter, go to Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. Isaac didn't do anything. He just got blessed. I'm going to take it further. Genesis 26, verse 1. I hope you read it today. There was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you of. Or in other words, stay put. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. He was already blessed, but God said, I got more. For to you and to your descendants, I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath. What is that? The oath of the covenant, which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. There's that gospel again. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. I'm going to read that last verse from the New Living Translation. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. Did he say anything about the obedience of Isaac? In other words, Isaac, this has nothing to do with you. Because your daddy did what's right, I got you. Because your daddy did what's right, I'll bless you. Isaac, you just have to live as the beneficiary of the covenant. Because what we saw in 24, 25, now 26, Isaac has done nothing to be blessed. God just told him, stay put, I got you. Drives home that point a little more. Let's go to verse 12. Then Isaac sold in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And that wasn't much. He got blessed some more. But let's pause. A hundredfold is great any time. But how about in famine? Because what's happened in famine? There is shortage. What happens with the shortage? Prices go up. So in a time of famine, a time of shortage, a time when prices are skyrocketing. This man sows and gets a hundred times. 
because he's the blessed. And up to this point, we don't see any evidence he did anything to deserve the blessing. But because he's the seed of Abraham, and because he's the seed of Abraham, he's the blessed, he sold and produces. Look at this next verse. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possession of herds and a great number of servants, so the Philistines envied him. Where did he get all this stuff from? He's the only one who's got food. So everybody's coming to him to buy the food. To the point that he gets so much, a whole city-state is jealous of him. How prosperous you got to be for a whole group of people to be jealous of you. Now notice what the king says. Verse 16, and Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Whoa, the king. I need you to go because you and your crew are stronger than our city, state, nation. Let this sink in. At the beginning, it's just Isaac and Rebekah, their twin sons, and whoever was with them. But the blessing was applied. They multiplied so much. Them and their company multiplied so much. It was so strong. The king says, you got to go because you are stronger than our city, state, nation. What did Isaac do to deserve this? So Isaac leaves. And then he goes to the wells that they had stopped up. The wells his father Abraham dug. And he redigs the well. And guess what? Water comes up. How valuable is water during a famine? And so they fight. They said, no, it's ours. So he goes to the next one, and water comes up. He said, no, it's ours. Eventually he gets to the place, and they said, oh, we're not going to fight you for that. He said, God has made room for me. Everywhere he went, water popped up. This dude has all the food, all the supply, and wherever he goes, water comes up. He's ending the famine. What was on him was more than enough for him and his crew. It was enough to shift a region. The blessing that was on him. Let's look down a few verses. Because Abimelech comes to see Isaac. Well, before he does, let's look at what God told him. Verse 24, And the Lord appeared to him, Isaac, the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant, Abraham's sake. He said it again. Isaac, it has nothing to do with you. I'll do it because of Abraham. I'll bless you more. You think, this dude's pretty good right now. Like, right now, he's good. But God said, I got more because of Abraham. So he built an altar there. Then Abimelech comes to Gerar with one of his friends and the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since y'all hate me and sent me away from you? But they said, we've certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, let there now be an oath between us, between you and us. Let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm. 
since we have not touched you and since we have not done anything to you but good and sent you away in peace, you are now the blessed of the Lord. The Philistines knew that Abraham was the blessed of the Lord. That's why they had a covenant with him. But they began to watch Isaac. They said, we realize what was on your daddy is now on you. You are now the blessed of the Lord. What did Isaac do to become the blessed? Nothing. God appeared to him so many times and said, I'll bless you because of Abraham. I'll bless you because of Abraham. I'll bless you because of Abraham. What is that? Covenant. Isaac, you are the beneficiary of that covenant because you are the seed of Abraham. That's why I like to say I'm as much a seed of Abraham as Isaac is. Isaac didn't have to do anything to be blessed. It was just because of how he was born. Come on, y'all like to say, I woke up like this. You were born like this. The way you were born again, you were blessed. Just the way you were born again. Once you were born again, everything changed. You're no longer a mere mortal because you're the blessed. And what's on you is strong enough to shift a region. Now go with me to Malachi 3. The blessing of God. Say, I'm blessed. Come on, let's say it again. Put it in the chat. Say, I'm blessed. Come on, one more time. Say, I'm blessed. See, we need to agree with the blessing instead of the drama that's in the world. Stop agreeing. Say, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do if gas prices go up even further. You know what you're going to do. You simply know what you're going to do because gas prices may go up or go down, but God stays the same. Gas prices may go up or go down, but you're still the blessed. So stop saying, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're still going to have enough. Because no matter what the gas does, you're blessed. No matter what Moscow or Washington does, you're blessed. No matter what Wall Street does, you're blessed. No matter what the stock market does, you're blessed. No matter what happens in this nation other nations, you are still the blessed. And what's on you can pull a nation out of their turmoil. You're the blessed. Malachi 3, verse 6, for I am the Lord, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob not consumed. That's good news. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Of course they would. He says, yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. What was their result? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Pause. Verse 9. Is Malachi part of the law? Yes. Is this a curse in the law? Yes. Are you redeemed from it? Yes. Does verse 9 have anything to do with you? No. That's why, as I said last week, I don't preach tithing like we're in the mafia. Tithe or else. Now we don't do that. We're redeemed. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. So when it comes to tithe, why do we tithe and how do we tithe? Because we see tithing is mentioned before the law, it's mentioned during the law, and the gospel of Jesus said you ought to tithe. 
And when she said, you ought to tithe, you talked about on the smallest leaf. She said, yeah, you should do that, but don't forget the heavier things. And then we see in the book of Hebrews, tithing is mentioned. So tithing is all throughout the Bible. But we don't tithe like those who are under the law. Tithe like those who are concerned, if I don't tithe, I'm going to get cursed. That's not how we tithe. We tithe like Abraham tithe. Genesis 14, Melchizedek came down and blessed him and brought the communion covenant elements that we had earlier and blessed him. And Abraham gave him tithes of all. Why did Abraham tithe? He just had a supernatural victory. God just gave him increase. God just provided for him. And because God provided, because God increased him, because God gave him victory, he tithed. Now what about his grandson Jacob? He's over 400 years before the law too. He said, God, if you do all this, I'll give you a tithe from all of it. And when he summarized what Jacob asked for in Genesis, he said, God, if you'll be faithful to me, I'll tithe. Has God been faithful to anybody in here? Jacob said, God, if you'll keep me, I'll tithe. Has God kept anyone in here? So we don't tithe out of fear of the curse. We tithe because God's been faithful. We've tithed because God has kept us. We tithe because God has provided for us. We tithe because God has given us increase. We tithe because God has given us the victory. That's why we tithe. Not out of fear, but out of faith and gratitude. So we need to have a mindset shift when it concerns tithing. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. Say, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I don't tithe out of fear. I tithe because God's been faithful. I tithe because God increases me. I tithe because God always gives me the victory. Verse 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat or provision in my house, and prove me now or put me to the test as the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now he's not talking about the stuff, he's talking about the blessing, which we can call the empowerment to prosper. Or as I say later in this series, and I mentioned in the book, it's the ability to produce results. I pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer. Say devourer. For your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. So notice, we see two enemies in this passage. The curse and the devourer. Say the curse and the devourer. Now remember, you're redeemed from the curse. Now what is the devourer? It's not even a deep meaning. To devour means to eat, to consume, and destroy. So the devourer is what eats up stuff, what consumes stuff, and what destroys stuff. So that means you can be blessed and have a large harvest, and you can produce on a supernatural level like Isaac had and have your stuff consumed. Have your stuff eaten up. Have your stuff destroyed. Have your stuff devoured. You can because there is a devourer out there. Too many times when the devourer comes, we just say, well, that's just part of life. Well, if I got a bonus, but the refrigerator broke down. I got a raise, but then the washing machine broke, and then my car broke on the side of the road. 
Hope I got a raise, but my health care went up. We have all these reasons. Well, that's just part of life. Well, maybe if you want that to be part of your life. But this scripture tells me that the devourer will be rebuked for my sakes. In other words, because I'm a tither, I have rights. Tithers have rights. Say tithers have rights. Now, when it comes to any of the rights and promises of our covenant, how do we activate them? You got to say something. So you can watch all your stuff get devoured and go, oh, it's just part of life. This is what happens with life in this world. Or you could say something. I remember a testament for a couple in this church. They had a situation just happened just like that. They received an increase, and all of a sudden something happened and broke down. That took that. But they opened their mouth and said, we're tithers. And they called in what they needed, and then a check showed up. That covered all the amount of what they needed to get fixed. How could they do that? They're tithers, and tithers have rights. So what is the tithe? The tithe is the connection point to an increase of the blessing. Say the tithe is the connection point to an increase of the blessing. Remember, so when you tithe, that opens the windows of heaven. But the tithe also gives you rights. Say the tithe gives me rights. And so because you're a tither and you have rights, you have to talk back when things are being devoured. You don't agree with the world. You think about how anybody filled up their tank this week or the last two weeks. Anybody spend some extra money? Have you talked back yet? Hmm? Some of you know, no, I haven't, Pastor. I've been complaining. I've been agreeing with everybody else on Facebook and on Twitter and on TikTok. I've been agreeing with all the politicians who've been complaining. Think about it. How much extra money have you spent the last couple of weeks since gas's prices shocked, went even higher? They were already high, but they went even higher. Have you talked back yet? Because that looks like something is devouring your stuff. Have you called back the extra you put in? Think about other stuff that has been happening recently that you're just saying it's part of life. Have you called for it back yet? Or you just going, well, this just is what it is. Well, it is what it is if you want it to be. See, because you're a tither, you have rights. I remember years ago, I was working in another state, and something was happening on the job. It's like, you know, I just got tired of it. I said, you know what? This has to stop because I'm a tither. And guess what? It stopped. I invoked my rights. So what was it stealing from you? Money? No, peace. And peace is expensive. And I'm a tither, and I have rights. You have to open your mouth and say something. Stop agreeing with the world. Whether it's through song or retweet. Either way, stop agreeing with it. What happened if everything you said came to pass? Would you be happy with your life right now? Then shh. So well, I don't know what to say. Being quiet is not a bad thing. If you're still, you know, if God's still helping you train your tongue, you know, you might say some words that aren't appropriate. Just, just walk around like this. People are like, oh, I look weird. Look, most people are wearing masks. You won't look weird. 
just shh, until you get your mouth right. You're in a conversation, people's like, well, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do because gas is going up and if this happens and this happens, the economy's gonna do this, I don't know what we're gonna do. And they look at you to agree. You're gonna stand there and say nothing. Well, aren't you worried? No. Well, why aren't you worried? My God supplies. Oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> well, what happens if this and this? God supplies. Well, wait, uh, just like, don't argue, just watch. How confident are you in the blessing? How confident are you on your rights as a tither? That you can stand strong even when the world goes crazy. Because what God wants to put on you is enough to sustain and shift a region. So that all those who live in this region do, do not know what to do, who do not know how to cooperate with the blessing, can still be provided for in turmoil because you stood strong. Not just a blessing to be enough on you and your crew and no more, but so much blessing coming on you that you hire people and you pay them such a wage that you can pull people out of generational poverty and put them in generational wealth that you can transfer that for what you do in your company. That because of the blessing that's on you, that you're able to reverse things that are systematic in this nation. Because you're blessed. Our answer does not come from Washington. Our answer doesn't come from City Hall. Our answer doesn't come from the Capitol. We are part of the kingdom of God. His kingdom, as you heard sung earlier, rules forever. And it rules above everything. And that king of that kingdom has declared you blessed. Just like Isaac. Not because you deserved it. Not because you did something right. Not because you kept all 613 ordinances of the law. Just because of how you were born again. He says, you're blessed. You might as well agree with him. And keep your mouth right. Say, I'm blessed. So the tithe, it gives us rights that rebuke or restrains the devourer. But tithe is also a matter of honor. So go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. When we tithe, we put God first. As life, a lifestyle of honor towards God and a lifestyle putting God first allows the blessing to flow throughout your entire life. One of the things that tithe does is honor and it puts God first. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your precious shall burst out with new wine. Does that sound like the blessing to you? And where did it flow from? Honoring the Lord with what you got and putting him first. Later, it says in Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and it adds no sorrow or painful toil with it. That painful toil, scratching to make a living with painful toil is the result of the curse seen in Genesis 3. God told Adam, the ground is cursed because of you. Adam, it is your fault. The blessing on you is now a curse. And you're going to have to scratch to make a living. 
through the sweat of your brow. The earth will resist you. The earth will fight you. The earth will produce thorns and thistles because of you. That's the curse. But I heard there are some people in here who are redeemed from the curse. So even if you work, walk on a piece of property that's cursed, when you stand there, the curse must bow and leave because you're blessed. The ground you walk on has to be blessed. The ground you work on has to be produced. The thorns and the thistles and things meant to resist you and hold you back has to back down. You're blessed. So stop saying what you can't do. Don't let anyone make you a victim. You are the victor. I can't do this because I'm old. Stop that. I can't do that because I'm black. Stop that. I can't do that because of my education. Stop that. You're blessed. That's what you got to do. Go with me to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse 33. Notice what it says here. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first, 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 the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of being right. So put God first. And all these things shall be added to you. What are the things by context? It's physical things, material things. It's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6, the end of this chapter. If you put him first, all these things will be added to you. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's define this blessing some more. So tithe is a matter of honor. It's a matter of putting God first. It's our connection point to increase the blessing. He gives us rights. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. We're blessed just like Isaac. So let's look at some details of this blessing. Deuteronomy 28, we'll start with verse 2. Read from the New Living Translation. It says, You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as a holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. That's what the blessing does. I said, that's what the blessing does. That's what's available to you today. So whether you need a job, that's what that blessing will produce for you. I remember a time when I was in college and I was looking for a job, and I've been believing God for a job. I prayed about it, 
And I was part of this organization in college where we were going to and presenting as part of Students of Free Enterprise and presenting. And so our school made it to the top 40 schools. And so we're presenting at the first level, you know, a manager from a local store, a local shoe store approached me and said, hey, Kerr, we would really like you to work for us. And you know, I just got back from a trip. I was really tired, didn't really complete it. I said, okay, I'll think about it. I didn't realize I was God answering the prayer I had just prayed. So we go to this competition in another state and because I hadn't given the manager a full yes yet or no or anything, then after one of the presentations, the vice president of operations, the regional director, and another person high in the company surround me and say, Carrick, when are you coming to work for us? I'm like, oh, God is answering my prayer. This is the job I prayed for. And I said, as soon as I get back, I'll talk to the manager. So I went in and had an interview with the manager to officially apply for the job that I was already given. And they said, Carrick, are you okay that we pay you more than everybody else? I said, I'm okay with that. I really am. And so I started working, and the manager would make these declarations to the rest of the team. Y'all better be nice to Carrick. The vice president knows him by name and calls frequently to see how he's doing. The blessing. Now, here's where I worked. I worked in a mall in a part of town that my family told me before I moved, I said, you have no business being on that side of town. I had never been on that side of town since I had been there for school except when I was employed to be there. So let's say, remember I'm working for a shoe store and it's a mall that when a certain shoe comes out, there's going to be a fight. And so I walked in one day and I saw part of the shelf broken off and broken down. I was like, what happened? Well, the so-and-so shoe came out today. I'm like, oh. But you know, I was like, you know, this company blessed me. I want them to be blessed. And so that was my mentality as I worked there. I want them to be blessed. I want them to increase. And so my first, this is my first time selling shoes. I've never sold shoes before. In my four-hour shift, I sold over $1,000 worth of product. And they looked at me. And they said, you must have done retail before. I did retail, but I didn't sell anything like this. They said, no, no, no. They had to find a logical reason why I sold so much. And so 1000 was my normal. That was my low level. Every four-hour shift, that's what I would do. Then one four-hour shift, I sold over $2,000. And they looked at me and said, Carrick, you can go home whenever you want to because you've covered the cost to hire you and somebody else. I set my schedule. Whatever schedule I wanted. I didn't have to work on Sundays because I was going to church. Now, a church also had a Saturday night service I really wanted to go to. So I was always off before then. I had enough time to check out to grab the Auntie Anne's pretzel right across then because I really liked those raisin pretzels I had back then. Make it across town and go to church. What set me up to do that? The blessing of God. Cause that company to be blessed. To the point they said, well, care, you stay with us just a amount of months, we'll give you your own store. I was like, you know what, Lord, if they gave me a store, I could preach on the weekends wearing Jordans. And that, that I, was, I was trying to make it work in my head. I said, look, I get all these Jordans. And that wasn't the God's path for my life. But I, I thought about it, I said, hmm. Because if I manage a store, I'd make this. But wait a minute. I had no experience selling shoes. I was just the blessed. I remember another time when I was in Argentina a couple years before that, or maybe that same year. Uh, we had been teaching on these things in business principles, the natural things and the spiritual principles of what you need to do. And a friend of mine who was one of the leaders of the team walked into the store that was owned by one of the people who had been coming to our seminar for two weeks. And as they were just talking about what happened the past two weeks, 
all of a sudden, all these people came off the street and started buying everything in that store. And the manager said, this is not normal. This is not normal. So this, this is not normal. And I told my friend later, it was because the blessing that was on you. It caused things to be purchased there. It caused people to want to buy stuff from that person. It was the blessing of God. See, we'll talk about this later somewhere in the series. The blessing will give you God ideas, concepts, and insights. The blessing will cause you to be innovative. Not just normal innovations, but innovations that are disruptive innovations. What is a disruptive innovation? It shifts the course of industries. The blessing of God. It will empower you to prosper. It'll give you the ability to produce results in a time where it seems like no one can produce. He said he'll bless all the work of your hands. He said he'll guarantee a blessing on all that you do. Not just the spiritual things, but everything. I said everything. Come on, when we have times like we're about to do today, we've seen supernatural testimonies that just don't make sense. Remember one year we had testimonies over half a million dollars worth of the debt supernaturally canceled. I remember people coming up to me, remember one lady in particular on a Wednesday night came up to me and said, with the documents in hand, say, Pastor, I don't know what happened. It's all gone. I remember afterwards someone ran up to me with their phone and says, look, look, this is what their payment was last month. And look, it's gone this month. They had all the documents. And the number one thing that was canceled the most that year was medical debt. Gone. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. And he has no sorrow with it. The blessing of God wants to increase you and, yes, your home, your family, but bless you in such a way that it causes this region to shift, that it sustains those who don't know how to cooperate with this blessing, that it brings provision to the lives of those who have been trapped in systematic oppression, a blessing that overcomes all of that, a blessing that makes a difference a blessing that produces a testimony. So Philistines have to say, the Lord is with you. You are the blessed of the Lord. You are the blessed of the Lord. Say, I am the blessed of the Lord. Stand to your feet. Say, I am the blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has increased on his mind. I say, God has increase on his mind. Why? He does want you to increase, but he wants to get into the hands of others. He wants to use you as distribution centers and use you as lightning rods where the blessing can strike and it transforms your neighborhood and your community. Because as we said, it doesn't matter your class status. It doesn't matter your background. The gospel is for you to be blessed. So it doesn't matter if you're from downtown, midtown, or uptown. From the trail park to the hood to the ghetto to the country, wherever you are, the will of God is for you to be blessed. And be blessed on such a level, it shifts your community. It shifts your neighborhood because of the blessing that's on you. And I'm not telling you to earn it. I'm not telling you to work for it. 
I'm telling you, you're blessed now because of your covenant. And as we pray, in just a few moments, the blessing is going to increase. So if you need a job, we believe those are coming in. You need a better job, we believe those are coming in. Promotion is coming in. Business expansion is coming in. Debt's being canceled is coming in as we release the blessing of God. Expect student loans to be paid off. Whether they cancel your debt from the governor or not, expect your debt to be paid off. Whether the governor of the United States pays for your student loans or not, you expect the kingdom of heaven to pay for your loans. Whether it's canceled outright or there's so much increase that you make every payment with ease. You expect the blessing to work. And so when I pray for you in just a few moments, don't be deep. Don't focus, oh, I'm trying to receive. Just receive. Just receive. Don't be deep. Don't get caught up in your mind. You just receive it. Because the blessing is working in this room. I said the blessing is working in this room. The blessing is working. So when you come forward, you bring your point of contact forward. Whether it's your phone that you wrote stuff down, or there's a piece of paper, or it's a bill, whatever is your point of contact, as we release the blessing, that all those things we just proclaim are going to happen. Jobs, better jobs, promotion, inheritance, checks in the mail, God ideas, concepts, insights, business is being started, business is being expanded, debt being canceled, student loans being paid off. You release your faith for that because this is your covenant and that's what's going to happen. I look forward to rejoicing over the testimonies. Actually, I was already dancing this morning. I already woke up early and I danced. That's how I started my day, dancing what God was going to do. I know what he's going to do and it's going to be good. It's not going to make sense but it's going to be a testimony of the goodness of God. Is anybody expecting miracles? Is anybody expecting outpouring of goodness? Is anybody expecting the blessing to do the work? Hallelujah. Well, come forward and follow the directions of the ushers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anyone in here or watching online, it's easy to get into this covenant. You have to put your faith in Jesus. Ushers, I need you to back up a little bit. I'm going individually one by one with people. It's easy to put your faith in Jesus. All you have to do is believe in him and pray this simple prayer with me. You'll get into this covenant of blessing. But even beyond that, heaven will be your home. Because good things don't get you to heaven. Bad things don't send you to hell. The only thing that sends people to hell is rejecting Jesus and not making a decision for him the same as rejecting him. So if you never made Jesus your Lord and Savior and you want to get in on this covenant of blessing and make heaven your home, whether you're in this room or online, just repeat this prayer after me. And congregation, let's lead them to Jesus. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe 
that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. Praise God. Now, if you pray that way for the first time, you're born again. Heaven is your home. If you're in this room, when you go back to your chair, there's a card that gives you information where you can let us know you made a decision for Jesus. If you're watching online, you can text BELIEVE to 770-756-8539. And we'd love to rejoice with you. To all of you who are coming forward, we're going to release our faith together. The blessing will come upon you. You just believe and receive. Don't be deep, just receive. I said, don't be deep, just receive. If all of you are at a home, grab whatever you are believing God as their point of contact to release a blessing on Rhino. Go ahead and get in your hands right now. I'll pray for you first, all those of you who are watching online. Everyone stretch your hands towards that camera. I release the blessing of God. Wherever you are, watching online, watching live or via replay, be blessed in Jesus' name. Jobs come forth. Better jobs come forth. Promotions come forth. Increase come forth. God ideas, concepts, insights. May businesses be started and expanded and debt and student loans paid off. In Jesus' name, so be it. So be it. We're going to have our time of giving after this time of prayer and blessing. So for those of you watching online, you can already start the giving process if you would like to. But for those of you who are in here, are you guys ready to receive the blessing? I said, are you ready? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those of you who would like to give your offering envelope, you'll see the envelope in the seat pocket in front of you. If you need an offering envelope to assist with the giving, lift your hands. I usher a hostess will be glad to serve you with one. If you want to give by text, you can text FCCGA to 73256. If you want to give by text, as you see on the screen, you can text FCCGA to 73256. All of those who want to give online, you can do so at FCCGA.com. If you give online, you can do so at FCCGA.com. For those who are giving by check, you can make payable to Faith Christian Center. And if you're using an envelope, just fill out the envelope in its entirety as well as give your cell phone number just in case we need to reach you. If you're using the envelope to give by credit card or debit card, please sign the appropriate portion. And make sure you put the amount in the box above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whether you're giving by envelope or text online, you'll see spots where you can designate your giving. You'll see spots for tithes and offering. You'll also see spots for over and above giving. However, God is moving upon your heart. One of the ways you'll see as an option to give towards and also in the optional menu is to give towards the sign. We're building a new sign off of East-West Connector, about 20 feet tall, to let people know where we are back down Trayma Point Parkway. If you want to give towards that, you can do that. However, God is moving upon your heart to give. We give as a representation because God's been faithful, because he provides, and because he's given us the victory. And we believe in the blessing that's on our life. And that all grace abound towards us. So we have all sufficiency in all things. We abound to every good Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. 
Lord, for the blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Hallelujah to Jesus. We thank you for the blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Most of you look like you're ready to give. Let's present our gifts to the Lord in prayer. Father, we present our tithe, our offering, our seed to you. We ask that you use it mightily. We present it to you as a matter of love, a matter of worship, a matter of adoration, a matter of obedience. We give generously. We give liberally, believing for our biblical return. Satan, take your hands off what belongs to us. Angels, go forth, bring our harvest unto us, for we need for our sake and the sake of the gospel. Father, we receive more of the blessing. God, it is concepts and insights. We thank you that you are our shepherd, therefore we shall not lack. We thank you for your favor being poured out upon our life. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Say, I have more than enough because my God teaches me how to profit and pours out his favor upon my life. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast and then we have our daily devotional podcast which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember something good is going to happen to you today so expect miracles. God bless.